Hey, welcome to Youthology Live. This is 12 minutes of learning. Thank you for joining us. I'm so looking forward to this evening. You know the format, it's on all of our social media, uh, forward slash youthology or forward slash Jeff Cornell. You can find all of our podcasting on iTunes, forward slash Jeff Cornell. You can go to YouTube and you can follow us there also, forward slash Jeff Grinnell, okay? And then also, please don't forget, youthology.com. That's Y-T-H, short for youthology.com, Y-T-H-O-L-O-G-Y.com. And you can find all these posts here. Um, in the past year, I've been doing these uh, live uh, podcasts slash videocasts vlogs on specific topics that relate to youth ministry and we've covered just about everything from the sexual revolution to leadership uh, development to student leadership teams to having an effective youth service to getting on campus all of those we've even touched on this topic that i'm going to handle tonight a couple of times and you can search those and find the other things that were said in whole uh, and not just in part but tonight I want to talk about diversity, and I want to talk about the growing gracism that I see in the youth today. Now, let me give you a little background. Uh, many of you know how important this topic is to me, and um, part of it rises out of this picture. I want you to see this shot of my grandson. My grandson is about three years old here, and he's in a park, and as is his custom, he is drawn to non-whites. And he ran up to this uh, African-American young man in, uh, who was about double his age, and just began to hug him in the park. See that? I wanna deal with this concept of racism and racism in just a few minutes, right? And I know I have the risk of being the white guy talking about this and that my privilege doesn't see some of the things that are going to be said. So let me just get this straight, okay, right out front here. I believe there is racism in America. I really do. I, I don't feel it personally as much as I've felt it empathetically uh, with my friends and had those discussions with many of my non-white friends. I wish I could take you to the conversations that I have with them and see the pain. Uh, so I want to begin by saying this. I'm sorry. I'm not only sorry for anything that I have promoted, but I'm sorry for my friends who are white or other ethnicities who have shown racism or favoritism uh, partiality toward other people, whether you're my Latino friends and you've shared that against your Hmong friends or whether my Hmong friends have had feelings or thoughts toward my African-American friends, right? All of us, okay? This is not a black-white issue. This is bigger than that. And so I want to apologize. I can only apologize for me and I can offer reparations from all of my friends in my circle, but it's coming from me. I apologize so deeply. Um, 
I think you know how I feel about that. But I want to, after that, say some things and challenge you in a couple of areas. I want to challenge you in the area of the growing racism that I see and this term that I haven't seen it around. I've been using it for years, but I call it intergenerational. Not necessarily intergenerational, but intergenerational. And I'll explain that in a minute. Here's a little background on me. I was born in San Francisco, right off Hate Park, um, on the corner of Haight and Ashbury. It's where the racial riots broke out in 1967-ish, 69, right through there. But at the same time that this hippie movement and the racial riots broke out in the Haight Park area, I had been born in 1963, just a few years before that. And what happened was, at the same time, when all of these racial tensions exploded across our country and uh, in the East and in the South, Memphis and Atlanta, etc. At the same time in the hate, San Francisco, where I happen to be this weekend, at the same time rose up this movement called the hippie movement or what, what others call the Jesus movement within the hippie movement and the racial tensions that were going on. And uh, you can go back and see on my social media, I posted a picture of me in my apartment on the corner of Hayden Ashbury. This is not a few blocks off. We lived on that corner uh, apartment right there. I called my mom and spoke with her while I was there. And she said, yeah, that's it. That's it, son. Walked in the same park where my mom would, uh, would push me in the stroller, right, and carry me. And while I was there, God spoke something to me and he said, don't be afraid just because you're white. Don't be afraid to speak to this issue. And I know many of my non-white friends know how I feel about this, but um, I want to challenge you that your background has everything to do with you being a healer, especially in our youth community. Where did my grandson, right? Where did my grandson learn these, uh, this loving relationship, this reaching out for uh, somebody that wasn't his color, right? Where, where did he learn, he, right? You see right there, not where did he learn racism, because we, I think we all agree that we're not born racist. That my grandson learned how to love when he was young, and it didn't matter if they were tall or short, male or female, stranger or relative, right? And at some point, we have to grow up within ourselves, okay, as we go through society and as certain things happen, whether that's media rage or whether that's conf a lack of conflict resolution, we grow up and mature in, or immature in, in this area of race relations. And so two things I think will help you in your maturity with this. And the first one is gracism. It's not my word. It's been around for a long time. I've been hashtagging it for a while because I really believe in it. And it, it stems out of James chapter uh, 2. It's a powerful read. Actually, James 2 and 3, where they're dealing with the tongue and, uh, and then moving into partiality. If you read both of those chapters... It's powerful. I just read them both uh, uh, the other day in preparation for this. 
And James, who was the brother of Jesus, by the way, okay, James says, my, my brethren, my, my people, stop treating each other with partiality. As he actually called it the sin of partiality. And we got to come out, we got to say that. And so I want to challenge you to read over James 2 and 3, because this gracism, this rise of gracism, I think comes out of that, um, that word and, and helping us see uh, past partiality into impartiality, like deeper. Like I've heard people say before, well, I don't see your color, you know, I don't see. No, I think we should see the color and I think we should see the history behind that color and the backgrounds that shape a person, whether they're red and yellow, black, brown or white. Right. So um, going deeper with gracism that values, hear me, hear me, that values the individual for who they are. God's child. That's right. Whether they believe it or not, we're all created by our, our creator. We've all been given these divine qualities. And so out of respect to our creator, we should be given this value, offering this honor to all, to all of us. And I, I really believe that that is seen in, in young people. I had a young man just come to me this morning and he was talking about how, man, everything you're saying is how I feel. I go to a school and uh, my, I have, my best friend is Latin, is Latino. And he said, uh, the, one of my best friends on my basketball team is, is a young black kid. And I, I just wish people could see that we don't have an issue with it. Now, this is one story, I get it, it's anecdotal. Because overall, the older you are listening to this, this uh, vlog, this podcast right now, the harder it is for you to see where I'm going because you've, you've got a history with this. But the younger that we, the younger that we, uh, the younger the students are that we talk to, um, the more gracism we see growing on their teams, in their schools, in their homes, in their, in their um, mixed homes. So, so I, I, I want you to call this out, this is James two through four, call this impartiality out in all of us okay the second thing is this idea of intergenerational and let me explain that intergenerational you'll be able to see it as I post this uh, on the blog and you'll understand it more but let me define let me get this defined perfectly for you maybe because it's quiet right now in the news I mean, think about that. The media's not screaming. There's not been a, a shooting on the corner. There's not been a, 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 a riot uh, in the streets because we haven't heard the news lately. That doesn't mean that there's no racism going on. It just means that something big hasn't happened and the news are covering something else, right? Just because there's this pause, this quiet period, doesn't mean it's gone away. But I want you to see something. What is the next story going to be? Is the next story going to be the, the next uh, racial riot that hits because uh, of some incident? Or is the next story going to be young people, teenagers, posting on their social media, living life with their friends in a repaired, healed relationship? Are we going to promote that? Right? That's In this pause, quiet time in January of 2019, I'm praying that we would be more intergenerational. And what I mean by that is not the age generational, but interrelatable 
with the races. Listen, I don't just want to be multiracial. Multiracial just means that we exist. I don't want to just exist. I want to be in relationship. That's what I mean by intergenerational relationship with. And for that to happen, it begins, I believe, with gracism. So when I look at intergenerational, could it be that America, hear me, America hasn't seen this generation's identity ethic? You know, Lecrae came out and talked about that just about two years ago in 2017, this identity work, identity ethic, where he said, listen, I, I'm not upset if a bunch of church bands don't show up to my concerts, right? Because it's not necessarily the crowd he's reaching. Just because he stands with this intergenerational thought and this gracism thought, hear me, we have to all work together, interrelated, interhonoring, intervaluing each other. So uh, identity work, have you seen, have we seen the great identity work that's going on within our generation? I think many of us don't see it because we see the, what's popular and we get what we, what we promote. You hear me, hear me, hear me deeply from the bottom of my heart. If we promote growing racism, we're gonna get growing racism. If we promote growing gracism, we're gonna get that. So what are we gonna promote? What are we gonna promote? So I challenge young people, I challenge youth leaders across this country. I, I will be in, I'm in a, a great diverse church in Sacramento uh, yesterday doing some training and this morning in three incredible services where hundreds of young people came to the altars this morning and tonight, just shortly tonight, I'm going to be in a, um, in, in a youth conference tonight with several churches coming in and, the, and the, you, all, of the, all the junior high, high school and young adults of the church coming together tonight. I believe that if we could promote that, that kind of love and that kind of relationship, that the work identity, this, this identity work that we're doing in defining who we are in Christ, could be explosive, explosive. So the challenge this week, grow in gracism and grow in your intergenerational relationships with red and yellow, black, brown, and white. Will you do that? Hey, God bless you. Thank you for the grace of listening to me bear my heart on this area. And I pray that you'll just have an awesome week and um, spread this and let somebody else see it. Thank you for joining us for 12 Minutes of Learning. This has been Youthology Live. God bless you.